Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's Bud Pod 112. Uh, 112. Fucking hell. 114. Um, actually, appropriately, Phil. I was going to say 114. I would say 14, strong contender for the most awkward age. 14. Yeah, I think that's... I think... Now you say that, I think 14 was the worst year of my life. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I tell a lie. 13 was, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, 13 was. I think maybe 13 is worse than 14. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, because you're... Uh, you're not a girl, not yet a woman, Pierre. <laughs> yes, um, that's true. Yes, that is true. Quote, Brittany, our girl, our Brittany. Um, you're not a girl, not yet a woman at 13. Is that what she and, said when she was 13? Um, no, her song, I, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Are you not familiar with the Spears canon? Not not on the same level as you, clearly. what? what which song well, was this? Yeah. But how old was she when she sang the song? Um, She would have been 20 early 20s okay that's less creepy fine because <laughs> she, yeah. she was a, um, a, a a disney kid or whatever mickey mouse club. she was a disney kid she was missing mickey mouse club yeah um i watched the bbc documentary about her and the controversy around like who basically who owns her estate currently yes free britney is the um, whole thing isn't it yeah, yeah. Uh and you know what? She made some absolute bangers. <laughs> Listening to those songs, I was like Shit, I think she I think she's basically David Bowie, actually. Do you think so? <laughs> I mean I don't think she wrote the songs. But I mean it's hit upon hit, Pierre. Uh I, I, I think she should be up there with David Bowie for the most musically influential figures of our of our lifetime. Do you think? Well, influential. That's actually fair enough. Yeah, yeah, but also just like rate of rate of bangers. I mean, they don't push the boat out musically. Um, I suppose as as David Bowie did, but yeah, they're still they're cracking song that songs there. Um, <laughs> I guess... But yeah, I mean, she wanted to be like a star when she was a kid, and her her mom was one of these parents who would like take her to pageants and say, "My girl's gonna be a star." And it worked too well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. All those pageants and stuff are um, deeply, deeply concerning. I'd say. Mm, very American. I'd be so disappointed if those pageants weren't literally just all FBI sting operations. <laughs> all to catch a predator. <laughs> Single. We catch like twelve predators per event. It's the most efficient. <laughs> Do you think um, there'd be FBI agents like, in my day, you'd one man would sit and he'd work hard and he'd catch a single predator. But now, these modern methods, they're just, uh, it's like trawling the sea for fish with nets. It's, there's no skill to it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many they can get in one sting operation. How many predators they can catch in one sting operation. <laughs> I Just like, at one... Little kids' beauty pageant. 
Yeah, well then Chris Chris Hansen or whoever the host of To Catch a Predator was would have to like walk out onto the stage like the host. It's too big. You can't just do it individually. <laughs> He'd have to come. Yeah, he <laughs> People like, are you ready for Miss Miss Little Miss Louisiana twenty twenty one? And I was like, yeah, please welcome your host Chris Hansen. And Chris Hansen comes on and goes. Hi, so what are you doing here? And everyone in the audience just scrambles and runs out of their seats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it looks like footage of um, when everyone's jumping out of the way of that moving train in the first ever movie. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's leaping over seats. <laughs> and then they're like, the doors are locked, like the big like escape doors you get in a gym, double doors. Yeah. <laughs> They've locked the doors from the outside! <laughs> no! Chris Hansen's just slowly walking towards him like the Terminator. What are you doing here? You like talent shows? <laughs> yeah, that would be good if you're a, yeah if you're a, if you're a nonce, then Chris Hansen is the Terminator, I suppose. I guess so. Yeah. I guess he's your worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they do. Fear I didn't know his him. name. I didn't know his name was Chris Hansen. What a life he has. I'm the guy. Yeah, what does he say at dinner parties? I'm the I'm the pedo catching guy. Yeah, yeah. I turn it into entertainment. Yeah, I make it fun. <laughs> oh gosh. Do you think um? Do you think when he's in a bar, people buy him drinks? Um. Yeah, although they'd be very careful to make it clear they've not put anything in it. <laughs> do you, but do you think they'd be like, thank you for your service or something, you know? Um, I guess so. I guess those like crazy sort of save the children people. That's what they're called, right? The Pizzagate people? Yeah, they must. he must be kind of a hero for them, like uh, set them down the path. Yeah, they think, yeah, what is it? They think every, they think the world is run by evil people pedos or lizards or something and they have all these kids so they can... evil pedo cannibals that's right and they want yeah. their blood they need the, the young blood yeah something along those lines yeah i will say their internal theology isn't really clear like the 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 logic of their universe yeah exactly if it was a comic book i'd be like yeah. Yeah. is this sci-fi or is this fantasy <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah you can't star wars your way out of this one pizzagate <laughs> you can't trick me who's the villain here how does this power work exactly where's the science if you're going to mention science you have to justify it yeah amazing yeah, exactly like if you if you'd said that like huge sections of america would self-radicalize and then that radicalization would spread to other sort of Western countries or around the world a little bit. I, I like that in itself is not so crazy. And if you'd said, Oh, it was to do with being very right wing or very, I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll tracks. I can imagine that happening. Sure. But if you'd said it was to do with pedo cannibal, like they, they need their blood because it makes them more powerful. And I just, I really would not have bet on that. Mm. I mean, there's something sort of beautiful about it in that because of the internet, we found out that there are equally fucking insane people in every country of all creeds and cultures, <laughs> of all races and beliefs. <laughs> they are just all fucking, they're, they're just all, there are millions of nutters yeah. who, who share in common 
with the fellow nutters the fact that they're real nutters and yeah. nutters of different languages, uh, different histories. They're just fucking nutters. And the internet has shown us that, you know, we there's more that connects us than divides us, Pierre. That is true. That and is true. That, for some people, that is being fucking nuts. That's true. Tinfoil hats around the world. Yeah. Tinfoil hats for the, on the house for everyone. <laughs> Just yeah, um, loads of people in tinfoil hats holding hands like uh, underneath a rainbow. <laughs> kind of swaying from side to side. Yeah. 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 Um, have you been? Have you... We, one more week, Pierre, until a bit more freedom, baby. <laughs> one more week until... Cinema day. One more week until society's left bum cheek is raised slightly higher to relieve just a little more of the pressure (laughs) (laughs) of the fart of freedom. (laughs) Um, Have you have you been have you been finding um, yourself socially actually anxious, Pierre? To get are you finding yourself able to maintain light conversation? Have you forgotten uh, the skill? I'm I'm a little rusty. I'm a little rusty. I haven't found myself socially anxious so much as anxious when, like, well, f- remembering what it's like to be in a crowd is weird. Mm. More than a few I was people. Just thinking about it. Yeah, of course. More than a few people in a tube carriage, and you sort of think, oof. I feel like my object permanence with regards to people has been reset. You know, ob- yeah. like how. Children below a certain age, once you take something out of sight to them, it doesn't exist anymore. Peekaboo. I feel that way with... Pe- peekaboo, exactly. I feel that way with, with people now. I feel like I might have people peekaboo. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So I can't... I think having more than six people in a room, I'd be like... I wouldn't be able to keep track. Yeah. You know? And like, if I turn my head, I'd forget one of them was in the room and I'd... And people are, gonna, are going to have to be presented to me in a big grid... <laughs> and their square lights up when they start talking. Yeah, and when they I start talking, I need to be talking... able to see everyone's face in one in one sort of flies vision snapshot. <laughs> and when they start talking, they face they face they they walk really close to you and they fill your vision with their one face. <laughs> yeah, if you have that setting, if you have <laughs> that theater setting or whatever on, <laughs> uh, when you go to a party and you start talking to someone, if someone else starts talking, they <laughs> shove the person you're talking to out of the way yeah. and stick their face in front of your face. Even if they're just doing something like coughing or sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> or farting. Yeah. yeah, if you're having a conversation with someone and someone else needs to fart, they will come up and shove the person out of the way and just go... <laughs> with their, and then walk off. With their face fully in your face. <laughs> like they're trying to intimidate you to leave imagine imagine doing that imagine grabbing the sides of someone's head and putting your face right in front of theirs like the godfather and just farting yeah like some sort of bonobos threat <laughs> like something a chimp would do to scare off a rival male that's um one one of the best early punk bands was Bonobo's Threat, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> they were the, they invented the whole smashing your instruments thing, but then they also threw their feces because of the name, and people hated it. 
Yeah, that was a step too far for Bonobo's threat. That was their undoing, really. <laughs> it was their unpooing. It was Bonobo's threat's unpooing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found myself a little anxious. I te- well, well, I'll tell you what's making me, what's making me anxious for, for reals, uh, Phil, is that I, listeners, this is for you, Podbuds, I'm doing some live comedy in three weeks. Wow, 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 wow. Wee, 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 wee. <laughs> Live comedy in this day and age. I know. I know. Um, I have agreed, listeners, to do a week, a week, uh, Monday to Saturday uh, at the Soho Theatre in London uh, in the downstairs cabaret room, because cabaret is the least diseasable room. And it's Monday, the 24th of May to Saturday, the 29th of May, 7 p.m., uh, any anyone who bought tickets for my old Soho show that was cancelled two months before it could happen because of the COVID, you can transfer your tickets over. I assume you've had an email about this. Anyway, I figured it was worth saying. But yeah, I'm doing this show from the 2019 Fringe. I'm going to have to update it. I'm going to have to fiddle with it. Amazing. Well, so that's 24th till 29th you're doing that? Uh, uh, inclusive, 24th to the 29th. Sweet. Okay. The whole week, baby. Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to come. I'm gonna come. I'm really and hoping then I'll go to see Pierre's show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I hope. Um, I hope. I hope that the material hasn't aged too badly, Phil. I open with um, delicious bat soup. That's the name of that routine. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, how delicious, nutritious, and safe bat soup is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's that bit of the show where I get people. Uh, at, well, at the end of the show, it's a bit like church, except you have to turn and cough into the mouth of the person next to you and say, "Peace be with you." Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I always found that the most moving part of the show. Well, I mean, not to spoil anything, but it's a callback to the routine about how much I love coughing that I do in the first 10 minutes. And everyone goes, oh, the co- we remember. And it's very satisfying, but I don't know. Yeah, and you get everyone to join in <laughs> on a big three, two, one, and you all cough together. Yeah, I that's think they'll it. age fine. I think they'll be fine. I, I think, think so. Still <laughs> I, think, I think so. <laughs> I'm going to open with... Uh, I'm going to open with some classic gags, but I just flew in from Wuhan, and boy, are my antibodies tired. Things like that. <laughs> classic stand-up gags. But that, I mean, that's pretty soon. I, that's the, you, you have the soonest comeback stand-up run I, I know of. Yeah. Yeah, well, when, when Soho got in touch, and they were like, do you want to do your run again? And I was like, of course I do. And they went, it's in three weeks. And I went, <laughs> yay, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And um, I'm, genu- I'm, ge- I'm genuinely, the thing that's worrying me is I ge- genuinely have not put on my stage clothes for a year and a half. And I have gotten uh, much girthier in that time. You're, basi- you're basically Batman in The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> You've got to, like, use that hydraulic thing to, like, like crack your knees back open. And <laughs> you're going to have to st- give give her the bat belt, the utility belt, a couple of extra notches. Go down to Timpsons, get him to punch him in. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like when Thor is fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you've got the same Norse knowledge, I suppose. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fat yeah. Thor. You're fat Thor. I'm, I'm, you're fat, fat Thor. I'm fat Thor and I'll be available for viewing in Soho. At the end of the month, which is very exciting, it, but hopefully people. Is will there come. a particular bit that you genuinely are, you genuinely are like that's not going to work now? Uh, yeah. Over now? Well, 
in that show, I, I did some stuff about the, the upcoming verdict in the Shamima Begum trial. <laughs> <laughs> some stuff about ISIS. Uh, and I might have to just do a routine going like, who remembers ISIS? <laughs> they there's going to be so much of that this, uh, in stand-up this year. There's going to be so much, do you remember? There's going to be so much, anyone remember a blank? It's going to be like a, a Peter K convention. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember ISIS? Do you remember? <laughs> it swear allegiance I mean, in a lone wolf format, so there was no way to tell who was doing it. Do you remember? I mean, you could sort of semi-update it with that story from sort of near the beginning of the pandemic, where ISIS were telling its members not to go to Europe because it was too dangerous. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, we did it. We got him. <laughs> <laughs> All it took was to suicide bomb ourselves with plague. Yeah. Are you feeling anxious about you feeling anxious, Pierre? Um, I definitely need to like I haven't performed um many gigs. Like no- normally, Phil, you and I would be doing a few gigs a week, say. Yeah. On average. I'll, I'll let you say that. Yeah. Um and we've probably done two weeks worth of gigs in like a year and a half. That's a pretty good observation. Yeah, I reckon it's about that. So that's, yeah, that's very nuts. crazy and very like, yeah. So and 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 listeners, um, most comedians will agree. I think that you start to feel a bit rusty if you go on holiday and don't do any stand up for like a week or two. Mm, mm. So this is going to be very, <laughs> very interesting. I will say this: the small number of gigs I've done, and I did a gig um, a few weeks ago, say or like Zoom gigs or. They've gone very well, so that's something. But yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I just uh, also, you just want people to come because it's socially distanced. So if I don't sell it out, I look like a real COVID, COVID knobhead. Oh, I'm sure you will. It'll be full of pod buds. It'll be full of pod buds celebrating. They'll just be jacking it in the aisles. And also, I think like <laughs> people will be slipping and sliding all over the place. <laughs> I think I think the effects of disruption do plateau. You know what yeah. I mean? I think like the effect of not doing stand up for a month is probably about the same as not doing it for a year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you don't forget how to ride a bike. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah. Um, but I, I do hope your anxiety isn't giving you too much uh, mental health, Pierre. We were talking about this earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People keep saying mental health as if it's the thing that's wrong. Yeah, it's like I've got mental health. Mental health is really dangerous, everyone. You have to yeah. be sure not to catch mental health. It's so it makes it's my one of my real pet peeves. Hurt. Yeah, it's my real pet peeve, and you can't get angry at people because usually they've got mental health, so you can't. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't compound their mental health by saying that's, <laughs> well, you're, you're being wrong. The technically, you yeah. have mental illness, not mental health. Uh, yeah, because in in the moment, that's that's rarely the most important uh, thing. Yeah, or they're being but very it does, nice. It does grind my gears. Or they're being very nice about other people with mental health. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but if someone says, oh, "I have really," um, um, it's 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 hard, isn't it? Because you could say, "I have really bad mental health." Yeah, that makes sense. But then they go, they they think that that's like saying, "I have really bad," uh, you know, gas. Right, yeah. That they can yeah. just then say mental health, and it's like, no, no, no. You, you, you. I have bad mental health, or, um, I'm, I, my, my mental health is 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 suffering or declining, or it's a state of positive um, existence. And yeah, it's if someone is saying, 
Oh, when people correct my grammar, it makes me want to kill myself. I, my, I'm suffering from mental health. <laughs> you just have to, just have to squeeze your lips together, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just keep in your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, you can't take them aside and go. I heard what you said, but um, yeah. And I hope you get better. I, I just want to to point out um that you're actually oh, you're actually getting it wrong when you say you've got mental health. I would like to be very clear that what I am doing in this moment is uh, prioritizing grammatical correctness and abstract concept over you and your uh, brain and how you feel. I care more about the words. Yeah, that uh, don't. Even though I, everyone understood what you said, I still am more interested in that than your genuine human problem. Even though, even though everyone understood what you said, <laughs> it took everyone just a fraction of a second longer than it needed to. <laughs> yeah, and I won't stand for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, I hope your your upcoming Soho run isn't giving you too much mental health, Pierre. I, I think I think if I'm lucky and it all goes well and lots of people come, which I hope they do, um, I will get I will get some really um, some really good mental health from it, and I won't just get mental yeah. health. I'll get good mental health. Yeah, yeah, mental healthy. You'll get mental healthy. I'll get me- <laughs> I'll get mental healthy. Well, I'm going to have to get mentally healthy to fit my fat arse into my trousers. Has it really got that bad? Oh boy, yeah. I uh, well, I mean, because so I've I've got stand up about this, but when I get fat, it's like the whole body, like evenly, like when you enlarge a picture in mm. Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like when you—I don't know if you ever played like SmackDown or Raw. Yeah. Um, the rest, the WWE video games. But if you create your own character and you just like slide the weight <laughs> scale to the right, it all just expands at the same rate. Exactly. That's exactly the legs, what I the arms, do. the head. Yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly my body is a is a character designer body. Um yeah. but what that means is like you are, you know how sometimes you see those guys in their fifties and they have a big old beer belly, but they're still wearing the skinny jeans they wore when they were in their twenties? Mm, yeah. So I can't do that. Because it's it's the whole thing. So everything all the clothes have to change or none of them do. Whereas if you get fat in one place you can kind of go, Okay, I need a new shirt but the trousers are fine or whatever. But um, yeah, that's yeah, my that's but you my have issue. To get a full new wardrobe. Yeah, so I'm trying to. Uh, I'm worried about that, and I'm and I'm too. <laughs> I'm too. I don't even want to try the trousers on now, I'd, in case it gives me mental health. Um, <laughs> I don't because it really would give me mental health. To be fair, <laughs> if I try them on now and it's like essentially it's like trying to put a sock on my whole leg, then I will be upset with myself. Um, yeah. So I, I'm yeah. worried about that, and so as a result, my my stage clothes, my my suit trousers, and my jacket, and my shirt, and the, uh, they're in a suit carrier bag that I last used, you know, in the in the West End with Frank Skinner, and they're they're just in my cupboard like the Telltale Heart, just waiting for me, the Challenger. Yeah, yeah. Come here, remember us. Squeeze Let us. us. Give you a hug. Squeeze us onto your ham-like body. Yes. Yes, like we are cotton condoms. Yes. <laughs> like a... Like a diver's wetsuit. A very formal wetsuit. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, so that's... It's exciting, that's, though. That's exciting. It's, it's exciting. An, it's an exciting mixture 
of can he, will he, will we? Can he, will we, will we? Can he, will we, will we? Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, yeah. It's... um. It's interesting to watch the gradual easing of lockdown and 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 sort of as I expected, it's not the single great hurrah. You know, it's all yeah. just sort of slow and bit by bit. And yeah, people would have wanted like a VE day, you know. Yeah, but it's not going to happen unless like there's one day next year where we just everyone decides to have an extra New Year's or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, God. Yeah, I mean it's gonna it's gonna be maybe summer is gonna be like uh, the fucking fall of Rome. People are just gonna go insane. <laughs> Do you think um this will change the British social character in some way? No, no I don't. Um I this is people keep going. I wonder how this will change society. We're going to have a better appreciation for the um, the, the social services and the the, uh, the people who look after us. And no, we won't. Maybe for like a year, people will say, "Remember the, what the nurses and the doctors did." But we'll go back. We, people always go back. We always go back. We're not. We don't change. People don't change. So this that's why when people talk about the new normal, I'm like, no. We're go- yeah. the second we can go back, we will. And there's a reason people end up a certain way and there's a reason society takes a certain shape and i think part of it is changeable depending on you know new technologies or what becomes most convenient but you know selfishness will return it didn't really go away yeah. um the office will return eventually uh like we the re- yeah i don't know society exists in a particular way for a reason, for a reason, you know. So I know I, I, I don't, I don't think it will change the British psyche. I really don't. I think, I think, I think maybe we, I think we'll be appreciative for things. Yeah. Um, but but appreciative not of other people but of our own freedoms. Yes. And, yeah. Um, the con- the conveniences we used to take for granted. But I sound like a cynic here, but I, I don't think <laughs> that will fundamentally change. I think um, more people will wear masks. <laughs> yeah, I guess that yeah, that probably makes sense. I know a few people but who um, are like they're like before the pandemic, they were the kind of people who say, you know, I, oh, I just hate being sick. Oh, I'm so bad at being sick. I hate being sick. Yeah, those people are like big, ma- big mask converts. I think. Yeah, I, I guess I'm so one of those people that social distancing has sort of been fine for 
Because I, I I wasn't touching the stuff on the tube even before this all kicked off. <laughs> I mastered like tube surfing. Like I can stand in the middle of the tube, not holding anything, yeah. and I won't fall over. Yeah. Um, and and I've not got sick once, Pierre, since March last year. I've not got sick of anything once. That's nuts, isn't it? Nothing at all. I I. From time to time, I get like a little scratch in my throat. And I'm like, "Is this it?" And the next morning, I'm fine. And I've just, I've just not got sick at all. I so remember when, when it... I might, I might, I might stick to not touching people for a while. <laughs> I remember when we were recording when all this started happening. And I, I, how is this for crazy uh, listeners? I think we might have done more episodes of Bud Pod distance through the plague than not. Yeah, it's mad. I look back like episode 52 and it's already a pandemic episode. I'm like, what? Yeah, I could have 52. sworn this was like maybe 30 episodes at most. We've done yeah. like this, but yeah, it's coming up to most of them now. It's fucking crazy. And I remember early on you saying how much you were like, you wanted to get it so you could have had it. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was very much the thinking at the time. We were still in, uh, we were still in herd immunity mode back then. Everyone was, everyone was doing it. Yeah, we were all like, oh, how many old people are we willing to sacrifice to keep living normally? <laughs> yeah. And but- as we realized the number, the number, like there was a number. This is something we're not being honest <laughs> with ourselves about. There was definitely a number of old people yeah. who were willing to happily sacrifice. But that number started getting too big, even for the most callous of us to um to allow and and so we had to lock down but there was definitely a number well we we did something very clever in this country which was we we let as many of the old people die anyway as possible and then got rid of normal life <laughs> yeah it was really really clever really clever <laughs> unique approach and also um, really clever of the conservative party to only do well right at the end cuz it seems that I'm not the only one who has been reading Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow here. Because <laughs> one of the lessons is the peak end rule. And yeah. that is about how what you remember of an experience is the most intense moment, the peak, and how it ended. And it's an average between the two. And be- Because the, the Tories, you know, with the vaccination program have ended very well. Presuming this is the end. Yeah. Um, people are likely to remember, to actually think of them quite positively as has been borne out in the recent council elections that's true yeah yeah we've we've <clears throat> we've got the trouble of as you say the vaccine the vaccine boost a booster a booster jab mhm they've got a booster jab from the voters um <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> <laughs> they've got their second jab yeah they've been given immunity the the, the tory government has been given <laughs> immunity from <laughs> From the opposition for another fucking year or <laughs> till next winter, yeah. Till till the opposition yeah. can mutate into a form that can bypass this immunity. Yes, <laughs> it's actually quite a good analogy. I I like this. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, um, when will Labour find its escape variant leader? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When will Labour finally choose a leader with an extended protein spike? <laughs> Capable of penetrating the outer cells of a Tory majority. <laughs> uh, uh, oh. I think um I think Starmer is suffering from a case of lawyer brain. 
Um, explain. Um, so uh, if you have any friends who are lawyers, you might recognize the symptoms of lawyer brain, if not the, the term itself. Uh, if you spend your life in an incredibly um, strict and formalized environment like the law, and, you know, he's a QC and he took on News International and won and blah, 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 public prosecutor. So he's like a very high, you know, he's he's about as high as you can get as a lawyer before they just make you a judge, right? Mm-hmm. It's his whole life. Uh, law, law, law. Then that's just the way you think. It's how your brain thinks. Um, law, law, law. That's what lawyers say as they yeah. walk to law, 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 law. Yeah, and the judges go, judge, judge, judge. <laughs> <laughs> and the witnesses, uh, yeah, the, the defendant, crime, <laughs> crime, crime. <laughs> it's um, it's very easy to tell who's who in a court. Um, yeah. So he's got basically he's got lawyer brain, and in court or in the law, if you say something reckless or that you can't prove. You get disbarred or fired or you go to jail. Mm-hmm. Like yep. um, just last week or two weeks ago, a lawyer in Liverpool who represented um, a client like through legal aid, like for free, mm-hmm. um, accepted a gift from the client's dad of like 100 quid, 150 quid. Oh. Fired. Done. Really? Done. Forever. For 100 quid. 150, I think. And they were like, you have to... You have to you have to turn it down. Gifts you can't have gifts. The whole point of this is the the fee is the fee, and it does this, and you can't. It could be interpreted or misinterpreted. It brings the profession into disrepute. Blah blah blah. You're done. No more lawyering for you forever for your whole life. Crackers. So it's it's an environment of heavy consequence. Whereas politics, especially recently, you can just come in anyone you want, and everyone's fine with it. You can come in someone and charge it to the British taxpayer somehow. <laughs> yes, you could literally say, I found an American businesswoman who seems like a person who'd have a disgusting affair with a politician from a cheap movie. <laughs> from a made-for-TV thriller. She's she's very sort of sassy and, and sort of like kind of bimbo-y. And I'm going to fuck her on a private jet and right before the Olympic ceremony as well. And no one's going to do a damn thing about it. And I'm going to give her a hundred grand. Wait, what are you talking about? I don't know about this. Boris Johnson and Jennifer Arcuri. Oh, he was on a jet. I think they went for, they flew on a private jet to, on, a, on business trips together. That's pretty badass, actually. I mean, there were other people on the jet. I'm not saying they fucked in a jet. Again... I must be careful because of the law. I have to be more careful than the Prime Minister's actual corruption. Isn't that funny? Yeah. On this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I gave her 100 grand. It's, and, it's, uh, a, it's enough to make you mental health. Yeah. It's enough to give you mental health. It's really... <laughs> the state of this country is enough to give you mental health. Nothing gives me more mental health than Boris Johnson, I think. Um, he drives me fucking mental health, that guy. <laughs> But I, it's amazing. Like she's come out and said that that she was riding his whatever his Whoa. dick looks like on the couch in their house. Or, right. Or maybe it was in her flat hours before he was at the Olympics opening ceremony as the mayor of London, sat between Princess uh, Margaret and his wife. What a what a day! What a what a what a fucking house of cards existence he's built for himself. Yeah, yeah, but he's done it. 
He's bloody done it. He's gone out there and he's lived the life we all secretly want to live. <laughs> do you think that's why people keep voting for him? Or do you think it's just rising property prices in northeastern regional areas? He's the Adam Sandler of politics. <laughs> he's the Sandman. <laughs> He's um yes, he yes, keeps yes. making all this guff, yeah. But anyway, the point the point with Keir Starmer having lawyer brain is that it means he can't do or he can't say the kind of stuff that gets good cut through, like rabble rousing stuff, because he's an, mm. uh, incredibly professionally cautious. Yeah. Yeah. He can't he can't say we will give everyone free chocolate biscuits every day for the rest of their lives. Cause he's gonna go, oh, that might be legally binding. Yeah, and he he can't he can't just say, you know, would you leave the prime minister alone with your wife? <laughs> because he'll go, oh, well, that's that could be defamatory. Oh, that's very rude. No, we should focus on this incredibly niche, you know, or policy. People love the, policies. No, they don't. Wh- why is politics seemingly, um, uh? Seemingly free of defamation law. I swear people in politics... Is there like some sort of tacit agreement, some honor amongst thieves that we can shit on each other and we won't sue each other? Well, um, it can... It's not defamation if it's honestly held opinion. Huh? Huh? Well, like, so you just have to prove that you really believe someone is a, is a murderer. No, 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 no. That's a crime. You're accusing them of a crime. That's not an opinion. Okay, okay. So if, if I say Phil Phil does paintings and I think the paintings are shit. Not true, but I'm still hurt. Yeah. I don't paint, <laughs> but I'm still hurt. By that. yeah. <laughs> that's my opinion. That's not defamatory. I'm just, that's my opinion on the work. Okay, okay. Whereas um, if someone accuses you of something that isn't a crime but is bad... Mm-hmm. You need to prove that it's damaged you somehow. You need to prove that someone emailed you and say, we're not going to hire you for the blah, blah anymore because so-and-so accused you of being a rude, nasty boy. But then if the other person can prove that they truly believe me to be a rude, nasty boy, does that let them off? Uh, well, maybe it could. It just depends on the specifics of the case. But then you'd have to go to court and then if you could prove damages, you could say, well... Is it is it so true that it was worth me losing this money or this work or this reputation or whatever else? And then, then you have a very long, expensive see, court see, battle. The time where you don't have to prove a damn thing is if they accuse you of an imprisonable crime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So murder, sexual assault, uh, certain levels of fraud and corruption or whatever. If the penalty could ever be prison, then that automatically you can say, well, prove it or that's uh, libel or slander. Slanderous. Slanderous gossip. Scandalous. But yeah, Jennifer Curie is just going around telling us all about all the different times Boris Johnson spaffed in her and gave her money. <laughs> and everyone's just gone, tee-hee-hee, and just ignored it. Yeah, well, people don't give a shit. People don't care. We don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not a Boris Johnson fan, and I don't give a shit who he spaffs in. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't care. <laughs> but so, he, he gave I her a hundred grand, Phil. It doesn't matter. Of whose money? The, the London Mayoral Business Development Fund. Well, your, of your of your money. She was developing his boner. That's something. <laughs> well, she she developed a business. That's certainly true. Right. Um, it's just that the business was was 
riding that terrifying blonde haystack of a man. <laughs> and teaching IT oh, or something to do with IT. Right. Yeah. So so I'm sure it's all fine actually, Phil, but it wouldn't it be nice if someone looked into it properly or cared. But they don't. I mean, uh, we people barely I mean, cared about Prince Andrew. People just went, "Did you go to Pedo Island?" And he went, "Yeah." And everyone went, "Oh, that's terrible." Anyway, <laughs> it's I wonder what people like care about now. It's an interesting it's an interesting thought experiment. What 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 are, are people outraged by now? I really don't know. I feel like everyone is outraged by so many different things that no one transgression could accumulate enough outrage to to lose a job over. You know what I mean? There's too much outrage, and so no, no, no one knows where to where to spend their valuable outrage dollar. That's right. Uh, so I don't think I'm not sure there's anything any any one thing any one person can do in public office. I think it's still just being a, being a pedo. Sorry? Being a pedo, being a nonce. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. The Milo Yiannopoulos rule. Yeah. Making a bunch of seemingly pro-pedophilia points. <laughs> sort mm, of v- vaguely yeah. saying that you think it's okay for much older priests to be extremely friendly with 14-year-old boys and then... Even the far right will say, okay, no. <laughs> okay, no. No, 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 no. Yeah. Maybe that's it. It's yeah. just going to have to be an, an enormous game of, of to catch a predator. That's, that's, if that's the only thing that matters, it's just about desperately trying to find some sort of proof that your political opponent is a nonce. What a future we have in store for SPF. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just yeah, having having an affair? No. Well, no, no one cares. No one cares. Most of this country gets divorced. This is a nation. That's true. That's very this true. This is a nation of adulterers. No one gives a shit. This nation is sinful in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> you walk knee deep in sin. Yeah, I mean the the sort of the acceleration of sin in government. Mainly due to Donald Trump. I mean, he was doing he was doing something yeah. wa- Watergate worthy every day. So the, <laughs> the the point, yeah, like we've 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 he 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 rushed us through a century's worth of yeah moral numbing. That's true. That's a very good years. point. Mm. I'd like when you, when you said the acceleration of I first of all. Um, Excellent Christian rock band, The Acceleration of Sin. <laughs> um, really good, even for a Christian rock band. But I just well, love they, the idea. They, they were a bit. They pushed the boat out a little because they were coming at it from the point of maybe being a bit pro sin. Yeah, well, they, they. I think they got a lot of credit because they. They. The reason that they um, were so uh, good at getting the attention of young people is that they. They didn't pretend that the sinning wasn't attractive. Yeah, yeah, they they didn't want to patronize the youth by, right. by pretending that sinning wasn't fun. Sinning is fun. That's what makes it <laughs> yeah. hard to avoid. Yeah, and the young Christians really appreciated that that candor. That's it. Which they 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 don't get from any other part of the the church institution. Well, that's it. And 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 as with all Christian rock, nothing more unnerving than seeing a bunch of young men dressed like Blink uh, One Eight Two uh, in a big group prayer. 
<laughs> really odd. Extremely strange. Do, do, do you know that story about the um, the uh, what are they called? The clown posse. The um, insane clown posse. Insane clown posse. Yeah. And they came out and um, admitted to everyone that they were hardcore Christians and yeah. all their music had been for the Lord. And yeah. all these fans were like, what? <laughs> so I like, funny. I like the idea that the insane clown posse were like, the clue's in the name. <laughs> what? Like, yeah, it's all in there. It's all in there. <laughs> so don't don't pretend you didn't the clown, notice. The clown band were Christian the whole time. <laughs> I, I, when you're saying acceleration of sin, I like the idea of like a vicar standing in front of a big graph labelled sin, and it's going up. <laughs> like a stock, and he's tapping it with a pointer and going, uh, 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 uh. This is bad. We don't want this. We want this. And he points it pointing down. We want that. But currently he's doing this. And it's going yeah, he, t- he turns the whole chart upside down. This is the goal, people. <laughs> sin to go down. Uh... What I'm proposing <laughs> is a deceleration of sin. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Please, please, look, calm, calm down, please. Everyone. <laughs> please, please, brothers. Decelerate, <laughs> brother. A monk yeah, standing up. How do you propose such a thing? But it's funny that the acceleration of sin, um, as propagated by someone like Trump, has coincided with the acceleration of of a kind of focus moral outrage in woke culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the, the, There's more sin and more fury at the sin. But their grievances have become so specific yeah. and focused and in and of themselves tribal. They, 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 they split up like the church and the woke <laughs> movement so that everyone has... Broadly similar, but but slightly different uh, belief systems, and these differences are more important than the similarities. So, yeah, the small differences they have in belief over the rights of various minority groups make them hate each other. And so, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 new moral outrage is so fragmented uh, now that n- there's nothing we can all get behind as a single group. That's and true. So, yeah. Whereas the right wing are always united, they even just they'll even just be like, "Well, he's a Republican that's not as good on gun control as I want him to be, but I'll still vote for him because he's Republican." Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's, it's sort of like the early church where they go, "Well, everyone agrees that Jesus was the Son of God, but this guy thinks he was entirely divine the whole time, whereas I think he was divine in stages, or he was half divine, half mortal, or he was mortal and then divine at the end." And then before you know it, millions of people are dead. <laughs> in, in an enormous exactly. war, <laughs> uh, there's that there's that amazing um, emo Phillips joke. Yes, where he talks the guy on the bridge. He walk, yeah, he's walking over a bridge, and there's a guy about to jump. Do you remember it? I can't quite remember the wording of it. Yeah, so he says uh, there's a guy about to kill himself on a bridge and he walks up to him and says hey 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 don't you know don't don't kill yourself you have so much to live for and the guy says no i don't uh, and he says like uh uh hey come on don't you you know you can't kill yourself don't you believe in god you know and the guy says yeah. of course i believe in god and then basically he goes well are you a christian yes i'm a christian well what are you are you a baptist and the guy goes yes i am a baptist and they turn out they turn out to be like the both the same like what are you baptist or they go 
North Northeast uh, Synod of 1812 Baptist? And the guy goes, yes, I am Northeast Synod of 1812 Baptist. And they go, oh, my God, well, I... And it goes on and on, like, incredibly specific, like, wait, the, the, yeah. the, the church on the north side of town or the south side of town? And the guy goes, north side. And Emo Phillips goes, die, heretic! <laughs> yeah, and, and kicks him off the kicks bridge. him off the bridge. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really good. I, Emo Phillips, this is relevant to you and me trying to remember that. Has a great joke where he says, uh, "I I never try and write any of my material down. I keep it where it's nice and safe in the heads of various British comedians." <laughs> really, that's so yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the mines, something like that. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, God, he's good. Yeah, that's a recommendation uh, for you guys, listeners. If you don't know Emo Phillips, he's one of the one of the greats. The uns, the the not unsung, but not sung enough. That's right. That's right. He's one of these. He's one of these comics who, like people say, "Oh, he's weird," but not really. <laughs> he tells. <laughs> jokes for an hour they're just very good jokes but just because he does something weird while he's doing them he'll always do something protracted for and long for the entire and unexplained for an entire show so there's one where he's assembling a trombone for the first half hour while while telling jokes and then doesn't play it and then starts disassembling it until he finishes and then puts it back in the case and when i saw him live in edinburgh he was just slowly (laughs) throughout the whole hour just slowly pulling a pair of trousers out of his trousers there's a pair of trousers in there and he's just slowly pulling them out of the trousers he was wearing and that was it it didn't never reference it um. <laughs> it's so good it's such a funny thing um and yeah as you say people go he's weird but it's, it's the milton jones rule isn't it it's like what they mean is his hair's weird and he's dressed funny yeah but the stand-up is it's about as pure an example of stand-up as you can imagine. It's pure jokes. It doesn't really get purer than that. It's not the mighty Boosh live. <laughs> yeah. It's not freewheeling yeah, I mean, surrealism. Yeah, I always think of that joke when, when I think about both hardcore religious people and um, hardcore online activists. Yes. Yes, On online activist is no longer an oxymoron. <laughs> yes. You can now just put activist in your bio. You can just put whatever your job is slash activist and people believe you. Ima- imagine the confidence of someone who doesn't do like face-to-face work with the, the vulnerable or their target group. Like actual daily, like I go to the shelter and I, you know, or mm. I, I'm always writing petitions. So I, I'm a member of this charity and we do this and I, I work there full time and I or like part time and I do my other job or I care for my family and not doing any of that just essentially writing blogs and going yeah I'm an activist <laughs> yeah I'm helping I'm you know my words words in a way are the same as uh what all those other guys are doing this is what it is it, it's a symptom of years of people on question time saying that the solution to these intractable problems is that we need to have a conversation. We need to have the conversation. <laughs> we need to have a frank conversation. For years, I've watched Question Time, and there'd be someone going, what hap- needs to happen now about wh- like whatever it is, like whether it's um, uh, um, gay marriage or class mobility, whatever the problem is, 
or racism. What needs to happen now is we need to have a frank dis- conversation. <laughs> and I'd just be thinking, this is the conversation. You're on question time. <laughs> if the if the point of conversations is to promise to have further conversations, I don't really see what the end point is. But yeah. because of that culture, we we're now in we're now suffering the digital equivalent of that, which is that to solve the problem is simply to talk about the problem on Instagram. But it isn't. And the conversation itself is not the solution. But yeah. people are convinced that it is. Because it's the only thing they can do. And especially over the last year, the only thing we've been able to do is say things online. Endlessly have conversations about conversations about conversations. Yeah, it's conversations all the way down. It's it's it's, it's, it's open and frank conversations all the way down. <laughs> The franker the better. The franker the better, I say. Please make them open. We won't stop mental health (laughs) until we have the frankest, most open conversation about it in history. Yeah. We won't won't ever succeed in getting any more money for it. But (laughs) I'm going to burst into various meeting rooms and I'm going to listen in on their conversations and I'm going to go, uh, 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 franker. When I come There's back after my lunch break, I want to hear us this conversation, and you should <laughs> all be ashamed <laughs> of how unfrank this is. This is the least frank thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you there, be frank. Oh, excuse me, you. What's your name, boy? How long you been here? Go on, be frank for me. When I get back after my meeting, I want a whole lot more frankness in this room. And if there's not, then frankly, you can all get out. <laughs> it's it's like um frank conversations are the uh well first of all i really enjoyed the first album of frank conversation um, yeah frank conversation One plays of the, the blues crooners of the 60s frank conversation <laughs> yes 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 his cover of uh, girl from ipanema was great um <laughs> Frank frank uh, conversations are the equivalent of when companies make people do unpaid overtime every day, but then they can have a pizza. Right. Well, it's just like, no, we we won't pay you for the fact that we expect you to yeah. work till 9 p.m., but it's Friday's pizza day. <laughs> or when we used to do, when you're starting out, you do gigs for like, there's no money, but you can have a beer. <laughs> you can have a free beer from the bar. <laughs> that's exactly it yeah trying to pay your rent and beer like some kind of medieval peasant <laughs> frank yeah. open and yeah and politicians saying let me be perfectly clear <laughs> yeah, just we think we need a that. we need a frank an open and frank conversation well let me be perfectly clear i agree that we need a frank conversation is that on a loop yeah yeah that's um, activism now. Well, and it was activism. It was um, question time then. Now it's activism now. Yeah, I just it's. I guess like, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? That there's, there's an element of people thinking that there's something a bit too early, and obviously you get it with stand-up people saying, oh, "I'm a comedian," and what they mean is they're an open mic. They they, they do it as, as a hobby. Yeah. Yeah, and because there's no there's no guild that can say no, this person is not a chartered comedian. And anyone can say <laughs> yeah. yeah, this person isn't on our scroll anywhere. So 
yeah, yeah. that's it whereas whereas like i mean you know your your friend and mine uh james acaster oh yes you know the comedian and broadcaster that's right james acaster the comedian yeah. and broadcaster and, and fellow comedian broadcaster fellow podcaster james acaster <laughs> uh so he's done good stuff for for mental health and talking about it you know he's he's done lots of talks and podcasts and about it and loads of people have gotten a lot out of that and he's been praised for that and rightly so but he ha- he doesn't walk around calling himself an activist no no um no exactly and i mean that's it's, it's not something to it's not a job it's not a job to be an activist um it's not even an occupation. It's a hobby at best. <laughs> well, unless you work for it's a charity. you're going to call yourself. But then would you call yourself yeah. a charity worker instead of an activist? If you worked in a charity, you would, yeah. I would, I would say. I don't... I See, like, even now I'm realizing that the word's kind of lost all meaning in my head. It just kind of means this is something I talk about a lot. It's also a, kind of a class and perception thing. An activist... The, activist is like... It's actually a very middle-class profession. And saying that I'm a charity worker... It doesn't have the glitz that an activist has. I I, I just t- I'm just uh, for my own curiosity. I went on Google and I typed in "define activist." Mm. Um, I mean, it used to mean something very concrete. It used to mean you you went out onto the street every day with a megaphone until you're thrown in prison. You're a campaigner, the person who campaigns to bring about political or social change. Oh, is that what, yeah? But then, where's the campaign? It's like a blog. It's not a campaign. I also under it's quite well, funny. Yeah. Under people also ask what activist means. <laughs> I love those automatic questions that have somehow how have like the most grammatically incorrect formations of these questions become the the suggested questions on Google. How many times have people <laughs> <laughs> mis mistyped this question that Google Google has gone? This must be the correct form of this question. Yeah. How many? How many? What gr- means activist? <laughs> how many grandma cavemen went? What activist means? <laughs> hey, oh, you you go out, you hunt. No grandma, me no hunt, me activist. What activist means? <laughs> yeah. A, ba- a baffled I mean, so grandma it, caveman. It, it all, it's all the result of the gradual degradation of language and the the stretching of language to the limits of its meaning where you know phrases like we need to organize or we need to resist or we're doing the work <laughs> or whatever and yeah. so when because these words have started to mean nothing you can use any words you like because there is no there's nothing you need to qualify it with because it itself yeah. means nothing so yeah. an activist means nothing anyone can be one and that's that's where we're at now. Yeah, um, it's true. Anyway, well, thanks for listening to the Sam Harris podcast with... Um, <laughs> never never forget, listeners, you are listening to the only officially anti-murder podcast. Yes, of course. How could we forget? We are anti-murder activists. We, yeah, we believe yeah, that murder is we're, bad we're and the, wrong. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's frankly disgusting that we're the only anti-murder podcast. We dream of a world where every podcast feels obliged to say that they are anti-murder. <laughs> At the start and end of every episode. <laughs> why are they so afraid, Pierre? This is what I want to know. Why 
are po- other podcasts so afraid to say the anti-Pierre, uh, anti-Pierre, anti-murder? What, what, I mean, the, I can't imagine a, a podcast that's anti-Pierre. Um, <laughs> certainly not this one. No. But why are the other podcasts so resistant to being anti-murder? Who's gotten to them? That's what I want to say. You know what, Who's Phil? paid them off? Their silence is deafening. It really is. And it's disgusting, frankly, which is another great podcast. Um, another, what the fuck is happening to my words? Another great <laughs> question time catchphrase. It's, it's disgusting, actually. <laughs> I, I, I've actually, I think more than once or a couple of times, I've been able to, we're watching Question Time Live, sing along with someone in the audience. <laughs> and I know when they're going to say, it's disgusting. <laughs> and I've been able to sing along watching. With your, and, with, and it's disgusting. I say with, along with, with your them. Zippo lighter, like waving, lit. <laughs> It's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Sing along question time is such a funny idea. (laughs) Let me be perfectly clear. People are kind of waving. (laughs) (laughs) If you could just let me finish. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fucking great. Uh, a frank and open conversation. Yeah, that's the end. Yes, yeah. yes. yes. <laughs> well, frankly, uh, listeners, it's time for the end. And although this has been an open conversation, it's time to close the podcast. It's time to close the podcast. Um, keep jacking it. Stay anti-murder. Stay anti-murder. Um, please remember Pian and I are comedians but we're also anti-murder um, activists so we think murder is wrong we think murder is wrong and frank, frankly we won't stop until everyone else does too um, <laughs> um, and come see me at the Soho Theatre at the end of this month for yes, goodness most sake. important take home message is go to see Pierre at the Soho Theatre later yeah. this month that's if, right if that's a logistically viable thing for you to do yes 23rd to the 26th 20- Ninth, the twenty third or twenty fourth? Are you starting? Oh no, shit, twenty fourth. You're right. I'm a stupid fucker. Oh no. Okay, twenty fourth of May. Go to the Soho Theatre website and look for my name. Is the easiest thing. Twenty fourth of May to the twenty ninth of May. There we go. Don't confuse him with the other Pianovellis, though. Yeah, one of us always tells lies. (laughs) I won't say which it is. Uh, But have a good week, everyone. God, this is our. Our final, well, yes, this is our final um, no no indoor dining podcast, Pierre. Oh, yeah. God, that's Irreversibly, true. I remind you. Irreversibly. This is our irreversibly last no indoor dining episode of Bud Pod. Gosh, that's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Brave new world. Yeah. Um... Great. Well, well bye everyone. I Koji, guess. Bye. Keep janking it. Bye bye.